Welcome, everybody, to the Zones Women of Technology podcast. My name is Julie Wagner, and I am your host, and I am very excited to bring to you our very first podcast of 2022. Today's podcast is being sponsored by Microsoft, a long-standing and valued technology partner of Zones. I am so excited to introduce to you our guest today. Not only is she our guest on the podcast today, but she is actually my new co-chair for the podcast. So I'm so incredibly excited to introduce to you Lorena Laufenholtz. She's one of our brand managers over here at Zones focusing on Azure strategy. In her free time, she's also in the cloud leader circle as an advisor and power talk speaker for the Women in Cloud organization, and she is also a volunteer speaker recruiter for TEDx in Seattle. So how cool is that? Welcome welcome to the podcast, Lorena. I'm so excited you're here today. Thank you so much for having me, Julie. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. Um, so... Let's go ahead and dig right in. Um, Lorena and I, we had a really cool discussion a couple weeks ago. And I said to her, I said, you, you have to be on this podcast with me. Like people need to hear what you have to say. And I want to, I want to preface it off with, um, I think this is going to be a really great and challenging conversation. And I hope that the, the people that are listening today, um, that you feel challenged and you also feel empowered. We want you to walk away empowered um, from this podcast today. So Lorena, let's, let's have a chat. Lorena, tell us a little bit about yourself as well. Yeah, so I have been, uh, you know, rolling up my sleeves here at Zones and doing a lot of alignment uh, with our Microsoft Azure strategy. So it's been a lot of fun work they've been doing here and just spending any free time I can to focus on my professional growth over this last year. That's amazing. Tell, tell us a little bit about um, your work with women in cloud. So I've been heavily involved with women in cloud this year. I really found out about the uh, women in cloud a few years ago. I was at an INCP event down in Irvine, California. And I got to hear a wonderful speech from Gabriella. She at the time was CVP over a uh, partner, uh, kind of the partner solution area of Microsoft. And she did a lot of great work there. And I was just intrigued by the overall messaging. And I saw her involvement with women in technology and women in cloud. And I wanted to know more. So this year, what I did is I decided, you know, I'm going to go ahead and just dive in and try to be more, um, I guess, a part of that overall experience. So it was really amazing this year at the Women in Cloud Summit. I was able to do a power talk, co-selling with Microsoft. I was able to lead one of their executive roundtables around purpose-driven leadership. And then I just got to connect with some really cool ladies. I actually can attest to that. I was... Uh at the Women in Cloud Summit, which was amazing. Um, and I actually got to hear a little bit of you speak. And then when you talk about the purpose-driven leadership, that just that just makes my heart flourish. Because <laughs> that is just speaking right right to where my heart is for any kind of leadership, any, any person that's in a leadership position. So... That's amazing. Thank you for sharing. Uh, so let's go ahead. Let's let's go ahead and dive in. Let's talk about 
um, what you want to let the world know today. Yeah, absolutely. So I think one topic I really wanted to drive in on today is when we look at the roles we play and our gender roles um, overall and how women have historically been like the keeper in our, like a keeper of our children, the keeper of the house. And now like we look at us and how we are in the workplace and now we're really kind of taking that role of doing a lot of admin work. I mean, often we are the note takers, the planners, and we are the doers. We overall just get it done. And we're the superheroes in the workplace, if you really think about it. We're often saving the day with our ability to complete the mundane tasks that most humans hate. But I want to start talking about how we transition out of that and how can we start, you know, driving more to, you know, getting ourselves put in those leadership roles. How can we start upskilling ourselves? Because as women, we do bring an amazing dynamic and much needed thought process in the workforce. And so I want to see how we could do to start scaling this and bringing all of the skills that we have out there. Um, and, you know, it's funny, Julie, one of the things that I think about, you know, is, you know, when you think about all these things we do, and I've even been titled this is, we're often called, I've been called, and I've actually talked to a few women at the Women at Cloud Summit. They've been referred to as the human Swiss army knife because we can do all these amazing things. <laughs> but I yeah. think today I would like to talk about how can we like dial that in and focus on those things that we really want to do and that we're passionate about. That is incredible. I totally agree. I love that uh, analogy that women are the human Swiss army knife. Yeah, you know, I think one of the things, Julie, that I really want to talk about, too, is, you know, oftentimes, even though, and when you think about that human Swiss Army knife, even though we are a person that can do many things, that doesn't always mean that we should, because that is taking critical time away from what could be spent on doing a project that fuels that passion and shows our fuel, like our full potential overall. And so like oftentimes we're almost like keeping ourselves in this little like silo. And I think the goal here is how do you break that? How do you pull yourself out of that and then get yourself kind of in those areas and more aligned on the right path that's aligned with where you're going to be happiest? That's good. I like that. So I think one thing that we can really do here, Julia, is I would like to like dive a little deeper into why we are often put in these positions. You know, I talked about a little bit of like how that was in the, you know, historically where we've been the, the keeper of our children, the keeper of the house. And, you know, sometimes it's even harder because if you are a working mom, for example, the pressure is even harder because there's generally been that stereotype of, hey, like if she's working hard, she's not being a good mother. And that can be really difficult right? Because you want to do all the things right and do it the best you can with being a mother. But I have seen some rock star mothers <laughs> that have done the PTA work, you know, doing all these different things and having a full on career. Uh, but a lot of times, you know, it's just when you look at that overall, like there's just this overall like mindset of like women are kind of in this space as being you know, doing kind of the more boring task, like, and like, when you think about even the stuff with uh, children, you know, sometimes we are often 
seen as doing like a lot of the repetitiveness of parenthood. And sometimes we're like, so it's just an interesting topic to dive into and how that our gender roles, um, you know, and what are those gender stereotypes, how that can play into these things overall. You know, that actually makes a really interesting point. Um, I was a single mom for 10 years and working mom and uh, seeing the difference between male versus female essentially stereotypes in the workplace and the home place. Um, it fascinates me. I, I find it very intriguing to talk about. And I, I think I like to talk about it because it's challenging and it makes you think, right? It really is, Julie. And one thing that's exciting that I feel like we're seeing now is like we, we, we've seen this once COVID hit too. Like there's always been a lot of fun. Like everyone's different and dynamics are different. But there was really, you know, there was more of a balance that you started seeing, at least with a lot of my male colleagues in the household, once Mm -hmm. we shifted to this remote workforce, because there had to be kind of this better, like this, I don't want to say better, but just a different kind of balance. And so as we're seeing these things change, you know, the workplace is also evolving. We're having more of these conversations that we're having right now, but we're seeing a lot of like forward momentum. And I think that that's powerful. But I think, you know, when we're thinking about that, we also need to think about where are we limiting ourselves? Like, how are we also putting these limitations on us um, because we've kind of settled in and got comfortable? Well, and also, how do we break out of those limitations, right? Yeah. How do Absolutely. we? Absolutely. How do we break out of the box? How do we change the narrative? So let's dig in a little bit deeper. Why why do we, why do you think that we we as women tend to put ourselves in those boxes? Like the boxes of at work um you know where the the note takers, the planners, the admin folks. Why why do you think that is? I feel like that we're looking for you know, a way to make sure that we're being seen, right? Like, so you're taking on this extra work and it's like, hey, I want to be seen. And I think that, you know, with women sometimes in the workplace, what we're doing is we are saying, hey, I want to be seen as just as valued as maybe my male colleague. But sometimes we're putting on this extra work because maybe we're not feeling it or we think we have more to prove. And that could be something that's a little more archaic with things that have happened over time. But it's just that mindset of like, hey, I'm not feeling like um, I'm not feeling like my male colleague where I can maybe, you know, speak in a certain tone or say things like sometimes we can overthink. Right. Like maybe Mm -hmm. I shouldn't stick up for myself. Maybe I shouldn't like tell someone I disagree with them because that could be perceived as combative. Maybe I shouldn't say no because then I'm not doing what's asked of me, but it's totally okay to say no. I mean, we should say no if we don't have the bandwidth. We need to be thinking about self-care also and making sure that we are protecting ourselves. Because when you look at that overall like imbalance, there's a lot of women in the workplace that quickly go down that path to burnout and crashing. That is beyond the most truthful statement I think I've heard <laughs> lately. We we tend to say yes when we want to say no, um, because I think that a lot of a lot of women do operate out of 
out of a fear. And it might not be like a, an upfront fear of, oh, I'm scared that somebody is going to think different of me because I said no to this. But it, it might just be in that back of their mind, right? The, well, if I say no, then we start to go into that overthinking because I don't know about you, but I overthink a lot. Not everything, but a lot. <laughs> I, mean, I might, I might hear true. somebody's tone wrong, you know? I might hear, I might take a tone differently and then be like, oh my goodness, did I just take that wrong? Did I just come off the wrong way? And then it kind of, you know, goes down into that spiral. So... <laughs> Well, and I think sometimes there's a lack of confidence, and I'll tell you why. Like, I was watching um, just kind of a live session on LinkedIn last night uh, with Lonnie and Gabrielle, and one of the things they were talking about was, like, if you're a woman in the workplace and you bring up an idea, right? <laughs> this has happened to a lot of us women where you'll bring up an idea, and it's almost like kind of skated over, but then maybe a male colleague brings that idea up. Right. And then it's like they kind of acknowledge in this great idea. And I think over time, things like that that have happened, and there's a lot of just different talks that have happened about this over the last few years, that can also affect our confidence. So it's like, all right, we know these things have happened and we're having these conversations, but now we need to figure out how to get past that. And we need to also be an advocate for ourselves. Like we really need to try to make sure that we're sticking up for ourselves, that we're being mindful of those and like those kind of inner talks that we're having with ourselves, because I think sometimes we're adding to it as individuals as well. I completely agree with you. Um, I think when, and this is, this goes for anybody, by the way, any, anybody that has, I'm pretty sure everybody has some form of self-esteem issue at some point in their life. Um, but really watching what you say to yourself and what you say about yourself to yourself and looking in the mirror. And, and this is something I tell my kids. Um, when you look in the mirror, I want you guys to remember that you're worthy, you're valued, you're smart, you're intelligent and you're loved. And I think, um, when we have that mindset of, you know, I am worthy and I am valued. Uh, we take that into the workplace and that, that goes into, um, you know, your brand and, and who you are. So definitely it helps with the, uh, the boosting of self-confidence. Okay. So Lorena, we were talking about self-worth and confidence, um, and really finding, finding that, in yourself and bringing that into the workplace, right? So what would you recommend? What are some steps or some, some suggestions you would suggest to our listeners today on how to hone in and find that self-confidence and that self-worth? Yeah, that is a great question, Julie. I think one of the things I would recommend first is just understanding that what you're feeling is not uncommon. Like what you're feeling is something that many feel. And the trick to this is to understanding that often when you're feeling that lack of confidence um, in the workplace, often comes from a place of feeling stagnant, feeling like you're not growing, you're not learning, and you're not able to evolve. And so it's really about finding, you know, what are those missing links that are going to take you from feeling like you're doing something that you're passionate about? Because I will tell you, when you align folks to doing what they do best and what they love to do, 
And that is when you start seeing that confidence shine. And so overall, you want to just make sure you're almost understanding what it is that you're looking for. Do a little bit of a self-evaluation. What are you doing that you absolutely hate? What are you doing that you love? And how can you maximize and learn in those areas that you love even more? That is so true. I think when you have that mindset too, is, um, when you're doing something you love, it's, it's not a job, right? It's a career. It's, it's part of your lifestyle versus, oh yeah, I'm going to my job. <laughs> I don't know about it's, you, but I, I hear that all the time too. Like I, and I believe it. I, tr- I, I, I live it right. I'm in sales. Like my job as a sales manager and sales it doesn't matter the kind of sales at the end of the day. I thrive on selling. I thrive on, on leading my team and I, th- I thrive on it. So it's definitely one of those, you know, do you love what you do? Um, I love that. I love and I it. think that's spot on Julie. Cause I'll tell you why I like, I've come from a place of being in sales roles as well. And you know, one could say that many salespeople are very disorganized, right? But I had this passion around selling and I realized, hey, if I learned more and amped up some of my organizational skills, I'm going to be a much better seller, right? And so I spent some time to like focus in on some of the things that would help me and certain areas to make me even better. And I'm talking like 10 years ago, right? But this is something that like if you can connect the dots on things, like it's not, it's not this like horrible task anymore, right? Then you're kind of focusing more on, hey, this is a part of my overall plan. I want to be here in one year or five years. And this is a part of the steps I need to take in order to get to that goal. That's good. I can personally attest that I've seen her organizational skills and I I shed a tear of joy when I saw her, her SharePoint. <laughs> I am a, I am a total organization nerd. Uh, so my team, if any of my team is listening to this today, they're probably giggling, um, saying, oh yeah, she's all about the organization and mapping out your day and, and making sure you're nice and organized that way you don't let stuff slip through the cracks. Cause it's hard when you're a salesperson, um, and you got nine gajillion different parts you're working with. So, yep. I love it. (laughs) That's so great. Okay, so I, I'm going to transition here a little bit, and I'm going to tell you, I've been stalking you a little bit because, um, you know, we work together, so I like to get to know who I work with. And I noticed that in the last year or so, you've received four different certifications from Microsoft. How on earth were you able to get all of those certifications done um, in a timely manner while working a full-time job and also having, you know, an outside life outside of work and a family? You know, that is a wonderful question, Julie. You know, I think this came from a place of understanding, like, where, like, there's a lot of value I bring. And I'm really great at being able to, um, like, do a lot of, like, great process work and make things organized. But I wanted to focus on, like, how do I actually transition that over to actually upskilling? It's been a goal of mine for a while. Um, if, you know, these four certifications you're talking about, they're the foundation are the fundamentals um, from Microsoft. So there's four of the fundamental exams and I've been really wanting to do them. So what I did is I decided, you know, this is important. This is a part of my goal. 
And this also aligns to my role and what I want to do and where I want to be in the future. So what I started doing is just making sure that every day that I was going and giving myself at least a 30 minute time block to focus on nothing else. And what's really cool, if you haven't used it yet, there's a feature. Um, it used to be called uh, like Microsoft Katana, but now it's Viva kind of insights that you get. You can have it turned on to your inbox, but you can actually set focus blocks where it'll just automatically find time for you and you can kind of plan that. And I just make sure that I'm using that because if I'm using that, then every day, regardless of what's going on, this is a time that I blocked for my professional growth so that I can focus on that. And it's been great for me because it's worked not only for some of these certifications, but it's also worked on doing some of the learning through like LinkedIn learning. Uh, I got to do a really great one last week that was on management excellence at Microsoft. And this came from a lot of the executive leadership at Microsoft. And I just found it really cool. So I do my best to make sure that I'm always dedicating that time because at the end of the day, that helps me be a better employee and it also gives me a better sense of fulfillment. That is fantastic. I love that. You block time for your professional growth. And I had no idea about the those Viva Insights, by the way. So I might be using that. <laughs> I could definitely show you how to use it. Um, it's actually really cool. Um, like being in a sales world, really, one thing you can look at on that is even seeing like it can actually pull out to different sentences like if you tell someone hey i'll follow up with you by the end of the day it'll actually send, like on that kind of insight say hey julie you told you know tom that you'd follow up by the end of um the day on wednesday and uh, it's just kind of an extra little safety net for you which i think is really powerful that's incredible i love that i love that all right so i'm going to ask you this question um, so we, we've been talking about, you know, blocking out time. We've actually had this fantastic conversation, um, really protecting our time, staying organized. Um, so I want to ask you this question. What can we do as women to, to protect our own time for upskilling and leadership training? What if we're not able to block out that time? What if we've got like a fully planned day? Do you, do you sacrifice time with your family in the evenings for that or on the weekends? Like where do you like to to have your priorities lie with that? I think that's something you know, that a lot of women struggle with. Yeah, I'll say, you know, this is a fantastic question. So um, if you talk to any of my teenagers, they will tell you, like, if I'm not listening to music, which a lot of times they don't like, um, and <laughs> I am listening to an audiobook. So I do a lot of, like, listening to audiobooks when I can in times where I would maybe listening to music and times where I'm maybe a little bit more relaxed than just driving. Um, another time is when I'm just doing some of the chores that I hate the most, I do love to learn. And so I do try to multitask in that sense. We're really great at multitasking a lot of times. And so I, I find that time to watch like, Hey, if I'm doing the dishes, I'm just going to go ahead and pop my phone right up here and go through some of these training videos. And so I think there's really fun ways to go about doing it. And it just depends on what fits within your lifestyle, whether it's going through LinkedIn learning, going through Microsoft Learn, or even listening to audiobooks or watching a YouTube video. I will tell you, I don't think YouTube videos get enough credit <laughs> the amount of things that I have learned. And if you find that you just are not getting some of that time, 
I will tell you this. A lot of times I have learned out of pockets of like needing to do something like I wanted to make my job easier. So maybe I wanted to create a faster process with something. So I would say, okay, I bet there's a way to do that. So I would look and see if there's a video that shows me. So sometimes it comes down to just plain old resourcefulness and figuring out how to fit that in. Yeah. The world of YouTube has been a wonderful thing. Yeah, I got to tell you, YouTube podcasts, e like e-learning and stuff. I'm definitely an audio learner. Um, I know a lot of people are, my, my kids are video, they're visual learners. So it's always interesting um, when I see like how different we learn, but also how similar. So I, I got to tell you, I love... I love the digital age that we've moved into where we can learn things while we're driving our car or we're doing our chores. <laughs> That's it's so true. And I think one thing too, I want to add Julie is, you know, again, it's about connecting the dots. So know that finding that time to upskill yourself or even reskill is important because this increases your chances of getting a promotion in your role. It helps showcase your passion for a particular skill. It helps that you can, it kind of helps you show that you can work on your own initiative to improve your performance and show your overall commitment towards, you know, the, the current role that you're working at and your needs you know, or wants to actually grow within that company. Uh, I love that. Thank you so much for sharing. Okay. So, cause we need to wrap it up. I'm sure our listeners are, are loving this conversation. And as much as I would love to have like a two hour long podcast, cause that would just be amazing. Um, <clears throat> we all have jobs. <laughs> all right. So Lorena, if you had to choose one thing for your listeners to walk away with today, what would you want them to walk away with? I would just simply would want you to walk away with you matter, your growth and your passion matters and what you're able to put into yourself um, is going to overall impact those around you. So if you're feeding yourself knowledge and you're helping yourself learn and you're making a commitment to yourself to find time for that growth, then you're going to see a huge transition, not only in confidence, not only in the way that you're perceived, but also in your overall internal happiness. That is so good. Thank you so much for sharing well, Lorena, thank you so much for joining me today. I cannot tell you how much I appreciate this conversation that we had. It was very raw, very real. Um, and I just know that it's going to challenge people to think outside of the box. So again, thank you so much for joining me. I wanted to go over a quick recap of some of the key points that Lorena and I talked about today. So the first one, you know, women historically are the keepers of the home. We're the doers, the superheroes. Give yourself a pat on the back, ladies. And then how do we transition out of being just a note taker? It's time to bring your skills to the table. We need to learn to advocate for ourselves. Then last, but definitely not least, you matter. Don't forget to catch up with our past podcasts found on Spotify. We launch a new one every single month for you to enjoy. Again, this podcast is sponsored today by Microsoft, a long-standing and valued technology partner of Zones. 
My name is Julie Wagner. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Zones Women of Technology podcast. Until next time.